Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm Emily. And welcome to the Solent Sessions podcast. Just a show where we explore our minds, chat about lived experiences and hear the powerful stories of real people living real lives. From conversations with well-being experts and people in the community, we'll learn what it really means to be your own best friend. We won't hold back though, and we'll be having some of those real, raw and sometimes difficult conversations to help raise awareness in the world of well-being. So let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Solent Sessions. Well, I say it's an episode; it's probably a um, it's a little Brucey bonus, actually. Um, it's I have the great opportunity to discuss freedom to speak up, which, as some of you may know, is actually my substantive role within Solent um, as the freedom to speak up lead. And um, over the month of October, it's actually Speak Up Month, um, so we decided to use that opportunity to pull in two wonderful human beings. Um, both of which are executives at Solent, um, to have a chat about freedom to speak up, but actually speaking up in general. Um, I'm, of course, talking about Sue Harriman and Rachel Cheel. Um, hello, guys. How's it going? Hi, Dan. Yeah, good. Thank you. Great to be with you today. Great. Thanks, Dan. Lovely to speak with you. And Rachel has actually said she doesn't really like these kind of things, guys. So what I'll do is I'll make sure I direct every question to Rachel. Um, to me. Oh. <laughs> She has offered to sing. And we all know from previous podcasts that actually that's usually Ems's job and she loves singing. So um, it's great to have someone else on that loves that. Um, as a vocalist myself, I hate singing. So it's uh, yeah, it's good to have someone else that's willing to perform. Um, so without digressing as I am at the moment, um, I suppose I just wanted to have a chat with you guys because obviously, you know, you're very active in, in how you talk about and promote and, and advocate for freedom to speak up in the organisation and generally speaking up as a, as a culture here at Solent. And I just wonder from each of you, like what, what do you think about, you know, what does speaking up mean to you personally? And it may be from a trust point of view or a position within the trust point of view or just genuinely personally um you know what that phrase speaking up means to you so i'll put i'll put sue on the spot first and be kind to you rach um sue what what do you think about that yeah really happy to share and particularly because i actually don't like singing so (laughs) i much prefer to, to talk so i'll leave that bit to rachel so i guess um so i think what's always been really important to me is that People can, everyone can come to work. They can bring all of themselves to work and they can feel able to express themselves uh, comfortably, safely and freely as well. And I, for me, I remember when freedom to speak up became a uh, something that we had to do and feeling quite conflicted by that because it felt to me as if we had to, if we have to create an infrastructure where we talk about you're free to speak up, then aren't we aren't we doing something wrong? Shouldn't everybody be able to, to feel safe at all times to be able to talk their truth and for someone to listen? So the first part of this journey for me was realizing that actually that just isn't the case, not for everybody. And I may love to talk and feel really comfortable and safe to talk, but not everybody does. And I remember, I mean, I started my career as a student nurse out on the wards working in teams and I can remember feeling 
scared when I'd made a mistake about how I'd be viewed and what would happen. And, and, you know, did I always speak up freely? Did I challenge that person that was a bit rude to me? You know, when I was uncomfortable about something, did I always feel able to speak up? And, you know, the reality is I, I probably didn't. And I need to, it, what I've realized is that just because my truth is that I really want to speak up and I want to listen to everybody that, that speaks up and to do something about it. Not everyone feels that way. So for me, what we've what the speaking up agenda has done is it's created a real platform for us to think about what does it cr- do to create a safe environment for people to speak up and be listened to um, and for us to act as well. And, and I think beyond that, it's really certainly for me opened my eyes to my biases. So the bias that I want to kind of go, well, of course, everyone feels psychologically safe in Solent. Of course, everyone speaks up. And of course, there is always somebody that listens and takes an action. But actually, I've had to realise that the reality is that isn't the case. And we do need to create these safe spaces. And we do need to, and those safe spaces often aren't about a manager that creates a safe space. It might be about um, uh, a faith group that creates a safe space. It might be about a network, it might be about a peer group, um, all those things are good, um, but they only work for me alongside what I think has to be uh, an overwhelming cultural approach that this organisation recognises everybody as an individual, tries to learn and understand their story and works out how best that we can listen to and involve and engage those individuals. So for me, speaking up um, is something that's really, really important. And I guess finally, because I could, <laughs> we did say I like to talk. The other thing that I have to say, I really, really need people to speak up because we can't be everywhere all the time seeing all things. And of course, we've got amazing systems to be able to look, see, measure, triangulate, you know, uh, all of those things. But Everybody, for me, it's really important that everyone can be can put their hand up and say this isn't right or we're not doing it properly or there's a better way. That creates the most um, the, a real wealth of learning and opportunity, and it allows us to look at where our problems are, where our brilliant stuff is, and how we can do more of it. Where we are um, not listening well enough, where we're not supporting well enough, and then doing something about it. So for me, it's a fundamental to how we can be. A, um, a good, well-led organisation that people want to work uh, within and people want to stay. Um, I guess that's what it means to me. Yeah, and beautifully put as well. So, like, you know, it's it's clear that it's it's something that's, you know, at the forefront or certainly high on, on that kind of priority list for, for yourself personally, but not, not only that, but the trust itself and, and yourself as an extension of that. And, and I think it's often the case, isn't it, with... But the difference between a departmental thing of freedom to speak up as the department um, and speaking up in general um, as, you know, the culture of speaking up. And, you know, I know we've had this discussion many, many times. Um, I think the first one actually started in my interview um, where we talked about, you know, what what does what does success look like for freedom to speak up the department? And, you know, and, and it's a difficult one to say that your job role would show success if it wasn't a job role anymore, wouldn't it, really? And so, you know, and 
and that is what we're striving towards we're striving we're striving for that that target no matter how you know for some organizations may seem further away than them to others but we're striving for that that place where everybody feels um confident and competent you know have a knowledge of of where to go and what's out there and you know it's a really difficult thing to navigate for a lot of people and and it certainly was eye-opening for me moving from being working in services in the nhs for for what 12 12 years or so to move into a corporate um, environment and and having that overview is is very different in different places you know and everyone's experience is completely different in regards to to where they work what hours they work where their kind of history is when it comes to speaking up what they've had happen to them in the past and their experiences so yeah it's it's about creating that opportunity isn't it and so yeah I, I really appreciate that and I wonder Rach if you've got any kind of reflection on what speaking up means to you I'm not sure how I'm supposed to uh, follow Sue, if I'm honest with you, because she's pretty much said everything. But yeah, I mean, to me, it is about creating that really safe, comfortable environment where staff can raise any concerns. And it doesn't have to be concerns. Uh, you know, learning from good stuff is equally as important as well. You know, that's how we're going to learn and grow and share excellence as well. Um, but I think mostly it's about making sure that there's no judgment um, passed and there's no fear of consequences when people do speak up. So, you know, we won't get things right all the time. Um, but I think it's really important that we listen as an organisation and not just listen, but we hear. So we act as a consequence of it. And it's OK. Everybody will have different experiences. Um, but it's, you know, if it was to me to be speaking up, it's my truth and how I feel. And that's OK if I am being my authentic self. Um, it's about creating that space where people can say, you know what, I've, to me that didn't feel okay. Or as I say, if it's a, a positive experience about sharing, what was brilliant about that? What can we learn as an organization? What, what can we share across the organization? Mm. No, absolutely. And, and thanks for that, Rach. And you put it beautifully. So I don't know what you were nervous about for really there. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was beautifully put. Um, and I think uh, someone posed this question to me the other day and it really was, you know, when you get posed questions to and, you know, we're kind of all used to to certain levels of question. I'm sure you guys um, very much so around maybe cultural aspects or performance or those kind of things. But, you know, when you get a question, and you just go, oh, my goodness, like that is a head scratcher. And it's a head scratcher because it's it's it fundamentally plays into, you know, our self, our core beliefs, our core values. And someone asked me this question, and it'll be interesting to see where you, your guys take it, is, is that what are we trying to solve when we say speaking up or the freedom to do so? So what are we trying to solve there? And I was like, that's a really well-framed question. What, what are we trying to solve when we say speaking up? Um, anyone got any ideas on that one <laughs> for my head scratcher? Well... It is a brilliant question, and I mean it, it's, and it's it's a difficult one because every single individual conversation will be in service of solving maybe something completely different. So, you know, I think that the for me, what we do is is a is a is a human business, isn't it? Is the human factors play in here? The the uh, you know we provide care services, love to human beings at the most vulnerable time of their lives. And, and I think a lot of that for us is driven on, on our values and what motivates us. Um, so it's, it's, it's a human business. And that means that we will make mistakes. We will 
we will have our own beliefs, our own biases that influence what we do. And sometimes that's right and sometimes it's it's wrong. So I think speaking up is about that continual opportunity to learn and continuously improve and to continuously make sure that the that what we give, the services we provide, feel individual, unique, and are perfectly framed around the person that stood in front of us at the time or the family that stood in front of us at the time. So there's a lot of science that sits behind what the what we do, whether it's about a medicine or a surgery or a, you know even a conversation sometimes there's some science. But the reality is that that science has to be adapted to the individual. And to do that as a human factors business, we have to keep talking we have to keep listening. Um, and I think, you know, one of the big, this big kind of learning journey from me from the very beginning when I said, why do we need freedom to speak up? Everyone is free to speak up and I want to listen. I think part of the, the, the learning for me has been around my own biases that often I didn't realise I had. It, and you made reference to it. Maybe it was part of my lived experience where, you know, where I grew up, my family network, um, you know, my different professional experiences. But it meant that I, what I could see through my eyes felt right. But it was only when I started to listen to other people that I understood other people's perspectives that I could see another side. And I could see that actually maybe what I thought was right isn't right or isn't always right. And that's OK. So for me, what we're trying to really solve is the, 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 what's, the what's in front of us at that moment, all in service of trying to provide the the best the best care the best conversation the best intervention the best moment um delivered in a way that's right for the individual that we are working with at that time um i think that's what that's what it brings to me um and i think importantly if you think about us providing the care that we do last year over a, a million human contacts were had within our services each one of those contacts is unique and it should feel unique as well. Their, their perspective is important and, and unique and as such, we must respect that, learn about that and adapt our uh, services accordingly. So for me, that speaking up opens up our minds, helps us think. It's, it's, I think it's in service of getting, getting better and improving all the time. That's what it means to me. And that's a, it's a really long answer to a really <laughs> tricky question. Oh, it's good because it, it's given me things to think about, Sue, and... and which I think is is always the best frame questions, right? Is where you end up coming out with a, a fair fair whack of questions coming out of it, you know. And and I think for 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 me, it's also that element of and you mentioned you touched on it so much there. And all of us on this podcast, and I'm sure many people listening to it, are brought into the school of thoughts of people like Brené Brown and really schools of you know leaders in kind of thought in regards to kind of people development and leadership development and all of those kind of other buzzwords that I could probably put in um but actually it's it's that vulnerability aspect you know and and when we when we start talking about inclusion or we start talking about speaking up or we start talking about well-being if you will um and all of those things that really over the last 10 years in the NHS and healthcare has started to rightly so work their way up agendas and sit right at the top or even the agendas themselves um which you know they weren't there they weren't something that was it may have been something that individually we all thought about and and were there but it wasn't infrastructurally put in place and monitored as much as it is today and it continues to grow and grow and grow as we move on and and i think there's that element of vulnerability where 
we're all human beings and there is no and Brené Brown has a quote I think I'll probably do it horrible justice by saying it because I won't get it right but she always talks about that um, vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation transformation and change and it's so true and when we think about speaking up it inherently puts that in our mind right we feel like oh vulnerable I'm speaking up and putting my head above the parapet but actually if we learn from that and recognize that everybody can fundamentally learn and grow from all things and we think about that in governance we think about that in patient safety think about that from our complaints departments we think about it from freedom to speak up everybody can learn from experience Um, and it doesn't and because none of our experiences are the same we might be walking down the same path but our paths are very different and so it's just learning about that from each other Rach you've been very quiet and I'm going to pull you in on this one because it is a difficult question it'll be a good one to to hear where your head's at so the question again yeah I I mean the, the question, I think, is not so much for me about what we're trying to solve. It's more about what we're seeking to do. And in my um, head, it's about seeking to understand and learn and improve. So um, not about having any preconceived ideas. Um, you know, p- people's truth is their truth. And walking in somebody else's shoes is so important. Um, so we all come with um, kind of preconceived judgments and like we've said and touched on before biases but it's about actually really listening um, and for that person to be um, honest and brave um, can take quite a lot um, so you know as a recipient if somebody was speaking up to me then yeah just really really uh, thinking about them as an individual and trying to walk in their shoes how does it feel from their perspective what what does it look like from their perspective? So I think it's, yeah, that, that's when we're going to grow as an organisation, when we're going to uh, find out a little bit more about individuals, what makes them tick, you know, things that we might need to adjust. It's all about improving and learning and um, living to our core values, uh, really, about, you know, really being honest with ourselves and being a true person, being authentic when we come to work. No, I love that. And I love I love the thought of... I embarked on um, quality improvement as we all as we all have as it was you know thrust into the NHS in quality improvement but from other industries and uh yeah and there's always that sense isn't there of not not having the outcome set in your mind you may understand you may think about it but actually if you're embarking on embarking on some kind of change or cultural change with the outcome already preset then you're not actually truly embarking on change you're doing you know you're you're setting a goal in mind that you're going to try and achieve they're very different things you know um so i love that rage thank you um and just in the interest of time um i just wanted to talk about kind of culture um and <laughs> in the interest of time he says got about five minutes left and he starts starts bringing up culture that's a bit of a um bit of a difficult one to do but from your guys perspective you know what are the some of the first steps for us to really foster and that culture of acceptance of speaking up because i think from from my experience and when i've done a bit of work in regards to what stops speaking up so the other side of it um you know it's often fear you know for some people it's fear of of um career limitation or fear of you know messing up the culture or their friendships at work or or actually it's based on past experience that hasn't gone right you know and and that fear is is absolutely um relevant to them and so, so thinking about that, like, how do we foster a culture of acceptance, you know, and rather than uh, acceptance of speaking up rather than fear itself? Yeah, Rachel, do you want to? So I think give it's about 
Yeah, the, um, to me, it's about having, a, I mean, I think at Solent and having a culture of doing the right thing is really important. And Sue will hear me say it over and over again. It's about doing the right thing. I think I said it in a meeting earlier today. Um, and it's about making sure that we create this safe, secure environment where people can do the right thing and speaking up to them is the right thing, uh, giving them um, the opportunity and encouragement um, Everybody has a voice. Everybody's voice is so important, um, no matter how big or small. Um, and quite often I find, you know, quiet people have very powerful things to say as well. Um, so it's really important that we encourage everybody um, equally to make sure that they can speak up um, and feel safe to do so without any repercussion. You know, there's no, there's no right or wrong answers. Um, everything is valid. So I think that's for me about creating this really um, inclusive, safe environment, no matter who you are, um, you've got a voice and we really want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. And I think I can't, it, all, the thing that's always in my my mind is that that we, we, are, we are human, so we are innately different. Now, um, you know, so Rachel's already said that it's not her favorite hobby to talk. I love to talk. I get a lot of energy out of talking. Uh, so that means that that I have to work hard to listen and um you know and pay attention to you know proper and not just listen to actually really hear. Um and and, and also to shut up every now and again and and let other other people speak. And there's things that I've I've done um, to help me understand that, whether it's about learning about myself or learning about um, how to have a difficult conversation, um, how to speak up and be and be brave. So I think that actually as an organisation, we can we can create opportunities to learn um, and to, to provide some training and some support to support individuals who um, want to be able to have those difficult conversations. So there is some stuff that we can do uh, in a kind of, um, you know, supportive infrastructure kind of way. But but then at the same time, I guess, you know, for me, I've just said I like to talk and, you know, I've, uh, you know, I'm really happy to talk about all sorts of things. But I also have those times when I'm in conversations where I'm scared to say something. And I think, should I say this? Will Will anybody listen? Will it be valued? Will it will will people judge me by what I've said? And um, or will they laugh? Does this you know? I often you know that that joy of um, uh, you know the the love that the imposter syndrome stuff where you find yourself in a room and you think don't say it because uh, this isn't important enough. It's not valuable. I've kind of learned to 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 just go with that, to take that deep breath, and to just say it, to live within the values, to be totally respectful. Uh, to to you know to listen actively to everyone else, but then to say it, and and what I found is that so many times, virtually every single time, when you say it, it it adds another perspective into the room, and people stop and they listen and they're grateful and they're respectful, um you know. So I think we need to do more of that. I think this, the other thing is there's there's nothing that you can say or sh- you should you you feel is going to be viewed to be not appropriate or silly or not important. And I think that that is never the case. I've never been involved in these conversations where people have said something where I've thought, well, you know, that didn't add any value. It's, it's kind of opened my mind to a different perspective and that's valuable in itself. So, so yeah, I think there's so much that we can do from a cultural sp- perspective 
Um, and actually, um, you know, we need to create environments where these conversations can happen. And, you know, like if you if you sort of um, said, look, let's all get in a big room and have a big conversation, all the extroverts would run at that, wouldn't they? But if you say, actually, let's create some safe spaces, some safe environments, some different places, or indeed, if we said, actually, how would you like to have these conversations? How can we help you to have those conversations? All of those things are, uh, help us to kind of uh, unlock the voices of of everybody. And I think if you're going to speak up, you need to know that something's going to happen. You can't just speak up and it fall into a void and you think, well, what happened? What changed? There's got to be some kind of action as a result um, of that. And sometimes it's just being heard that's the thing. But 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 sometimes real action needs to happen and we need to be clear about when that happens as well. Well, thank you both so much. And, and thank you both for for at such short notice as well come coming on and having a chat with me i really appreciate it um i know how busy you guys are and how busy everyone is at the moment and yeah i really appreciate it so so thank you both so much for that no worries well thank you dan thank, i mean it's 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 a it's a great great conversation to have um so yeah delighted to be involved thank Amazing. you and, and if this encourages just one person to speak up as a consequence then that's a good thing absolutely um and obviously for everyone listening from solent um Hopefully, you know, we're uh, Freedom to Speak Up, but you can go to Freedom to Speak Up at solid.nhs.uk, um, send us an email. Um, you can also, there are a um, plethora of other things coming out over this month for you to get involved in and be part of. Um, for those listening outside of it, um, uh, from an NHS trust, perhaps, um, please, you know, if you need to, contact your whistleblowing department or Freedom to Speak Up themselves. But um, yeah, again, from me, thank you, you guys, but also thank you for everyone listening who continues to listen. There is many, many episodes of the Solent Sessions that you can um, pick up now and have a listen to of varying different topics. Um, and as always, if you want a certain specific topic or a subject that you want um, us to talk about, feel free to contact the comms department or send us a message on social media. But yeah, thank you very much and I'll see you next time.